Welcome to The Daily Bite with your host, Pastor Steve Andrews. Today we read from Ezekiel chapter 4. And you, son of man, take a brick and lay it before you, and engrave on it a city, even Jerusalem, and put siege works against it, and build a siege wall against it, and cast up a mound against it. Set camps also against it, and plant battering rams against it all around. And you take an iron griddle, and place it as an iron wall between you and the city, and set your face toward it, and let it be in a state of siege, and press the siege against it. This is a sign for the house of Israel. Then lie on your left side, and place the punishment of the house of Israel upon it. For the number of the days that you lie on it, you shall bear their punishment. For I assign to you the number of days, 390 days, equal to the number of the years of their punishment. So long shall you bear the punishment of the house of Israel. And when you have completed these, you shall lie down a second time, but on your right side, and bear the punishment of the house of Judah. Forty days I assign you a day for each year, and you shall set your face toward the siege of Jerusalem with your arm bared, and you shall prophesy against the city. And behold, I will place cords upon you so that you cannot turn from one side to the other till you have completed the days of your siege. And you take wheat and barley, beans and lentils, millet and emmer, and put them into a single vessel and make your bread from them. During the number of days that you lie on your side, 390 days, you shall eat it, and your food that you eat shall be by weight, 20 shekels a day, from day to day you shall eat it, and water you shall drink by measure, the sixth part of a hin, from day to day you shall drink, and you shall eat it as a barley cake, baking it in their sight on human dung. And Yahweh said, Thus shall the people of Israel eat their bread unclean among the nations where I will drive them. Then I said, Ah, Lord Yahweh, behold, I have never defiled myself. From my youth up till now I have never eaten what died of itself or was torn by a beast, nor has tainted meat come into my mouth. Then he said to me, See, I assign to you cow's dung instead of human dung, on which you may prepare your bread. Moreover, he said to me, Son of man, behold, I will break the supply of bread in Jerusalem. They shall eat bread by weight and with anxiety, and they shall drink water by measure and in dismay. I will do this, that they may lack bread and water, and look at one another in dismay and rot away because of their punishment. This is the word of the Lord. Interesting text today. I mean, this one's going to bring before us a one of those oddities of the prophets. And the prophets are really full of these kind of things where they do these really strange things um, in the presence of God's people in order to teach a lesson. This is one that maybe it would be worth doing yourself. Not the fullness of this, uh, but the building. Like it could be a fun family devotional activity here to build what we see in the first paragraph. So take a brick, so take a stone, set it on the ground in front of you, and engrave on it a city. In our case, you can use, you know, things to draw a city on it, like chalk, or or if you're using, you know, you could use Legos and build a little city if you wanted to. But here he's doing more than that because he's he's engraving, so he's carving into the stone Jerusalem the holy city of God. And as a priest, he served in Jerusalem at the temple. So he's familiar 
very familiar with the layout of that city. So he's to make a representation of the city of Jerusalem, the capital of God's people, on this stone and then build a siege against it. Siege warfare has been common throughout history for militaries to do as they try to attack one another's strong fortresses and defensible cities. You essentially are going to encircle that city entirely, cutting off any trade routes so no new supplies can come into the city. Um, Even the farmland, not just, you know, neighboring traders, but the actual people who are residents of that place that live outside the city walls and farm food um, that can then be brought into the city. That's all cut off too. And then you can actually look at the siege works like you get used to seeing in, in some of the portrayals in film or TV these days. You know, you can think of the Lord of the Rings series does a pretty good job of, of showing siege warfare in, in several of those films. So you have siege walls that are brought up against it. You have mounds built against it, camps built against it. So you have all these soldiers and all their equipment. You can think of the ladders and stuff to scale the city walls. All of that being built up against this city. And then battering rams to go with it as well to try and start knocking down not just the gate or the door, but you can you can ram into the, the concrete, well, not concrete, but the, the, the stone walls of that city. So this is a little diorama kind of a thing that Ezekiel is building, constructing. And again, you can try this and take this one on as a family too. Make some kind of a, a di- diorama of your own. Again, Play-Doh, Legos, all kinds of tools that we have at our disposal to do something like this with. There's one more piece though in verse 3. Ezekiel is to take an iron griddle and place it between him and the city. That is a divider. It's a separation. It's an iron wall, according to God's word. So Ezekiel, the prophet, is not a part of this judgment. And that's the message that comes from that little note of this. Instead, set your face toward it, or you could say against it. Essentially, the judgment of God um, is going to be on this place. And so let the siege begin. Kind of play with the little setup that you've just made. And this is a sign for the house of Israel of their destruction of God's judgment upon them. That's the part you can do. I do not recommend even trying to do the next part because that's a lot of time. Ezekiel is now commanded by God to spend 390 days laying on his left side, followed immediately by 40 days on his right side, so 430 days in total. Now, what are these days? These days represent the punishment of God upon his people. The 390 for Israel, the northern kingdom. The 40 for Judah, the southern kingdom. And it's hard to know exactly what those numbers are for. What are the three? So the 390 days and the 40 days, those each day represents a year. The text does specify that. So God is going to punish Israel for 390 years and Judah for 40. But like the actual years in history that that represents is hard to peg it down. So Israel 
I mean, 390 is close to the 400 years that they spent in Egypt. In fact, when you add on Judah's 40, that 430 number that you get to, that's pretty close uh, to the time that Egypt, uh, Israel spent in Egypt. But that doesn't seem to be the referent, right? Um, so what is it? 390 years from the time that they become a nation, I mean, they become a nation under a king instead of under God in like 1047 BC, 1046 BC, and they're destroyed in 722, so that's 324 years. They never actually return. So if you were to go from their destruction 390 years out into the future, that's going to bring you to 332 B.C. And I admit I don't historically know of any anything that happened in 332 B.C. Others may know that better than I do, certainly. But you can see where I'm saying the confusion on the number 390 might come from. There are lots of different suggestions that are out there floating around, but there doesn't seem to be a clear thing that that's easy for us to settle on for what that number represents. 40 is a little easier and a little closer to what we, we have uh, that we're aware of. Uh, 40 is such a common number in scripture for times of trial and temptation and testing. Uh, as you think of, you can think of and brainstorm together as a family, many such times of that number 40 being used in scripture. But in this case, still hard to pair it up exactly because in 587 BC, so this is 593 right now where we're talking. I guess it's going to carry into 592, isn't it? Uh, just by the number of days here. But what we have is 587 BC, Babylon will destroy Jerusalem. If we were to count out 40 years from then, you'd come to 547 BC. And at the 547, they're still exiled in Babylon. It's 10 years later, in 537 BC, that Cyrus is going to overthrow Babylon and set the Jews free. They don't immediately return home, though. And they don't, want, even once they eventually do finally return home, this is the books of Ezra and Nehemiah, they don't re rebuild the temple of Yahweh right away. And instead, focus on their own homes, which they get in trouble for, um, while God's house lay in dust and ashes. And so it's not until 517 that they actually complete and dedicate the temple again. So you get the 70 years of exile, 587 to 517. And that number is specified elsewhere in Scripture. So what the 390 and the 40 specifically represent, again, hard to say, hard to pin those down. But God is punishing his people for their faithlessness. That's the key point. That's what Ezekiel lying on his side is to represent. And the people are supposed to see this and hear it, take note of it, and repent. Now, the study Bible indicates that this is not laying on his side all day, um, that he would get up, go back and lay down again the next day, I, I'm struggling with that for a couple of reasons in the text. The first, where do we have it? Verse 8, I will place cords upon you so that you cannot turn from one side to the other 
till you've completed the days of your siege. And that makes it sound like Ezekiel is truly bound to the ground for 390 days. Right? And the other is, uh, let's see, verse 6. When you've completed these, you shall lie down a second time. Makes it sound like he only actually lies down twice. So he really does lay down for 390 days. That's the way I'm reading this text, which is a, a, a miraculous time, right? That the Lord would provide for his servant. He would care for Ezekiel throughout that 430 days and sustain him, maintain him, feed him, and nourish him. That requires other miracles to occur, right? For the, the bread and the water to be multiplied, perhaps, although that could also be done by another servant of God that God sends to continue to refill Ezekiel's supply. Or it could be done as it has been done in the days of prophets of old, where God just doesn't let the jar run out until it's time for it to run out. Again, the study Bible would probably point us in the direction of thinking that he can get up and refill it himself. But there's more of a miraculous nature to this prophetic work from what I'm from what I'm reading with the words of the text. So he's only to eat bread and drink water, and both of those are by measured weights. So we've got verse 10, the measurement of 20 shekels, verse 11 as the sixth part of a hen. So let's see. Uh, look at my study Bible here. A shekel is two-fifths of an ounce. So he's eating 20 of those a day. That's 40 fifths of an ounce, that's eight ounces. That's a half a pound of bread per day. That's his, that's his food. That's not a lot. And then the sixth part of a hen, a hen is four quarts. So what is there? How many quarts are in a gallon? Four quarts in a gallon. So this is one sixth of a gallon. 16 cups in a gallon. So that's a little over two cups a day. And we know from our doctors, right, we're supposed to drink eight cups of water every day. So these are ration numbers that Ezekiel is consuming because the people under siege will have to ration their food. So Ezekiel is eating these things in front of the people. He's told to bake them on human dung. He contests that one, and the Lord grants him a concession. So Ezekiel saying he's never eaten anything unclean. Uh, we see something very uh, very similar with what Peter says in, in his vision in Acts chapter 10 or 11, uh, when God lowered that blanket down from heaven and told him to kill and eat. And he, Peter said, nothing unclean has touched my lips. We have something similar from Ezekiel right here in this moment. So cow dung instead of human dung. Bake it in front of the people so that they will know that their food is to be unclean. They are stripped out of the promised land they are off in exile in foreign lands where they don't get the food that they're supposed to eat. And they're separated from the things that the Lord has given. One conversation you might have here with your family, in two different directions. If you were given this call, would you be willing to do it? That can be followed up by a conversation about what call you have been given to make disciples of all nations, share the gospel with all people, um, and are you willing to do that? And our sinful nature really doesn't like that one either. 
even though it's a lot simpler than this one. And then the other way you could take this is, what if you were one of the Israelites and you saw this guy doing this stuff? What would you think? Would you believe him and what he said about God's word and judgment? And this is also one you can then follow up on as you can take the conversation into the conversation about do we really believe God's word when it is spoken to us today, when God calls us to repent of our sin, or do we like to stick to our sin and, and cling to it? And when God shares with us the good news of the gospel, do we really put our hope in it or do we continue to hope in the things of this world? Those are some challenging things that we could pull out of this for our own family conversations today. Now, lastly, again, that idea in the, the verses of 16 and 17, the siege is going to come upon them and they will have to ration their food. Anxiety and dismay are mentioned. So they're going to be worried. They're going to be stressed. They're going to be despairing. And we see that. That certainly happens um, to Israel, to Judah, as they are destroyed by Babylon. They rot away because of their punishment. This is God's judgment for their faithlessness as a people. But there is a restoration that was to come and still is. And so as Christians today, we know of that restoration. But for Ezekiel's context, we're going to have to wait a little bit longer to pick up on that.